The Overwhelm is Optional podcast is for you if you want to quit the struggle with overwhelm, you want to live life to the full, you don't want to compromise your health and relationships in order to have well-paid, satisfying, meaningful work. You want it all on your terms. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. So it's Heidi here gentle rebel coach helping you rebel gently but firmly against the nonsense that success happens when we sacrifice our lives for it. The lives the success is supposed to provide for you? That doesn't make any sense. This is crazy. So that's what the gentle rebellion is. It's just calling it out. It doesn't make any sense that we sacrifice the best of ourselves to have success. Hmm. How's that working out? Anyway, This week, to delight and surprise you and inspire you, I've decided to do a case study, but it sounds a little bit scientific, so I I think I'd rather call it a story, a story of somebody who has been through Get Your Life Back and has taken their life from, oh, just horrendous work-life leakage, that overwhelming state where you're so focused on getting through the working day that that stress leaks into the rest of your life. And she's now, um, oh my goodness, she's it, she's just such a delight to talk to because she she's just so happy. She just looks she looks physically different, you know. You know when when you move. I I noticed it with myself. I was like getting a little bit like stooped over with the weight of the world, and I don't think she was like that. But she did. She just I don't know. She's just glowing. She just looks amazing. And I love her, obviously, because she's one of my clients and I adore all my clients and all the people inside Get Your Life Back. Anyway, more of that in a moment before we get on with um, today's episode. um, I just thought I'd give you a quick update. So it's really cold here today. (laughs) And I don't know if you caught the other episodes where I'm going, yeah, we all really like sunshine inside Get Your Life Back. But um, what I've decided to do is um, I found a dance video on YouTube, two people, I can't remember who it is, and they're just like, they're obviously professional dancers, but they're really relaxed and they're just like having fun doing this dance video. And although I don't, I'm very much a rebellious dancer, obviously, so I don't really like doing what I'm told, but I do quite enjoy the being shown a dance move and then rebelling against it. And it also feels like I'm dancing with them. So they're doing their dance and sometimes I'm copying them and sometimes I'm just doing my own thing. And um, Nutmeg in particular, out of all my animals, seems to really, really enjoy it. She's just like looking at me with utter love and like, oh, there's happiness seeping out of this human. I don't know about you, but you notice with animals, they they really like it when we have this centred happiness. They just mine just kind of like tune into it I find it really really interesting anyway so that's what I've decided to do um I mean I'm doing it on sunny days as well but you know like it's a rainy day I'm feeling a bit cold um there's nothing like just a little bit of dancing when you're in the mood when you're not no but sometimes it's just nice isn't it to have a bit of fun so what are you doing for fun at the moment are you it's it's always worth asking that question now i know it can be provoking because when things when you're going through a really difficult period of overwhelm somebody says what are you doing for fun you're like Heidi, do you not understand? I thought you were the overwhelm expert. You should know that I'm not focused on fun because it's too difficult. But the reason I'm asking you that is because if you feel provoked by that question or you feel envious 
that I'm able to focus on fun, then that's giving you information. You don't need to do anything with that information, but noticing it neutrally. Why is she asking me if I'm having fun? So irritating. Why is she so happy? Or I want some of that. So how does it make you feel if I say to you, are you focused on fun? What are you doing for fun at the moment? Because we get what we focus on, right? So I've often done um, episode about episodes about the importance of controlling your attention, valuing your attention. I did one not so long ago. So what are you doing for fun at the moment? How much of your focus is on getting through and how much of it is on creating more space for love, joy, connection, fun, laughter, etc. This is a really important question because didn't you want the fun? And if you're not able to focus on it, don't you want to do something about that? So I think it's a great question. Just saying. And I'm really sorry if it's provoking at the moment. Um, well, I'm not I'm not sorry because if it's provoking you, it can tell you something. And this episode, I believe, is going to help you. But I am sorry if it's provoking and it's like that feels horrible because I never want you to feel horrible. Obviously, because <laughs> I just want to make the world oh, just lovelier and lovelier. Or I want us to notice the loveliness that is there that we're all just getting distracted from by the fear mongering and the doom. Don't me get don't get me started on that. Right. So da, 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 this week's episode, I can't remember what episode number it is. Who cares? Right. This week's episode. This is all going to be anonymous. There's not going to be any personal details in, obviously, because one of the things which is really important to me and my clients is privacy. So in, if any of my clients ever come on my podcast, it's because they, they're just delighted to. Um, but for most of them, they just wanted to come and get themselves sorted out and get on with their lives without anyone really noticing. And that's what they do. Do And you might be thinking, well, what's the point of that if it doesn't have any effect? Oh, it has an effect, but it's secret. Like the whole thing about the person we're about to discuss who just I said she looks great. She didn't look terrible before, but she's just like glowing. What's that about? You know, how nice is that? Like without changing your makeup, if you wear makeup, without exercising more, without anything like it might not even be more sleep. I mean, it's quite likely that she's sleeping better. I haven't. I can't remember asking her about sleep. Um, a side, a strong side effect is sleeping better, but I don't promise that. That's just like that's what happens when you learn to regulate your nervous system and control your attention and oh, just focus on ease and joy and lovely stuff. Right, let's do this. So I'm going to read some of her words. This was actually done as an as an interview, not like an interview. It was just done as a chat which I recorded because I really want to record. I think it's really important to, for you to be able to hear somebody else other than my voice. Um, and not everybody, most most of my clients would never come on my on my podcast and I'm completely okay with that. But to be able to hear their words is really cool, right? So see if you resonate with this. I was completely overwhelmed as more and more piled on top. All my worries were heightened and were all I could think about Not being able to leave work at work was consuming my whole life as if I just needed to get through the day. That's all I focused on. I was physically drained on Saturday mornings. I would often just feel unwell and just not enjoy my time off. I was short-tempered and agitated. Does that resonate with you? It certainly resonates with me. 
Oh man, so disappointing, isn't it? You get through the working week and you're like, oh, it's the weekend and I'm going to do this and this and I'm going to have a chance to rest and get stuff done and have some fun and do this and do that. And then you wake up on a Saturday morning and you feel crap. You feel drained. And then you realise you're really grumpy and kind of like have, I used to feel like my skin was like, I don't know, like all like almost inflamed it wasn't inflamed but it's that sensitivity like my boundaries are inflamed it's like get off go away don't ask anything of me you know sometimes even the dog's exuberance was too much how sad is that if you if you've met my dogs if you've seen my dogs on instagram how sad is that it's very sad it's it's, it's what i call um work-life leakage it's when often it's caused by toxic or a, a big contributing factor i don't think we can I think it's I believe it's really unhelpful to make external circumstances um, completely the cause. That doesn't mean to say that changing them isn't helpful. It's just that when we say, oh, well, it's because I worked in that place or with that person or with that boss or my commute or you give your first of all, you give your power away, especially if it's very, very difficult to change that. And it's usually very difficult to change that when you're in that state because it's just going to add to your overwhelm. Um, it's, it's one of the mistakes I made last week's episode under the influence of overwhelm was believing that if I moved my work, it would solve most of my stress issues, which it didn't, not surprisingly. Now, it could have done. Um, I do know some people who have moved work and it has been magically better. Um, they're not me and I don't think they're one of my people my clients so maybe for some people that works but only you know what's right for you for the people I work with it just doesn't work it's just not that simple because the ability to move into um, a better work environment requires knowing who you are and what your needs are and being able to state them which is what happened to the client we're talking about in this episode Um, It's a bit like (laughs) it's a bit like when you go from one rubbish relationship to the next without pausing and kind of regrouping and falling in love with yourself and, and, and just aiming a bit higher. It's a bit like it's very much like that, really. I think I think pretty much a lot of things are like that, aren't they? We just keep repeating mistakes until we pause and go, actually, I deserve better. Yeah, I'm going to pause and kind of like regroup here. We, we are, yeah, I think there's just so much repetitive nature in what we do until we learn to pause and go, actually, I'm going to dare to aim a bit higher, um, which takes courage and commitment. And that's what coaching's about. That's why I love, love coaching is, is supporting somebody in making that kind of like next level shift up or several levels tends to happen with coaching. God, I love coaching. Anyway, back to this person. So it was a toxic work environment. However, um, there's more at play here because it's it's what we do with the work environment. It's where our boundaries are and our attention is and how much we value ourselves and how much we're able to um, negotiate those boundaries. So so it was a toxic work environment and it which meant that it was incredibly stressful just to get through the day. And I think at the point that she joined Get Your Life Back, actually, she was in my membership for that as well. 
Um, at that point, I think it, things were really coming to a head. I think I think a lot of people were stressed. And once you get more, you know, if it's more than you, if it's lots of people, on the one hand, it's kind of good because it's like, well, it's not just me. But on the other hand, it's unhelpful because if everybody in the workplace starts talking about stress, which is what tends to happen, isn't it? Humans tend to come together and bond through moaning, which is really unhelpful. I mean, it, it can be it can be helpful to state, oh, it's not just me and find out you're not alone. But moaning, you know, descending into that negative spiral is really, really unhelpful because the energy just dives. It's not going to help anyone. And so you can get to a stage. And also, it's not just that, is it? You can get factions. So you get like oh, two different factions or people who are and then people feel insecure because and then you get people who are like loyal to that you thought they were kind of in your group. And then it turns out they're loyal to the person with more power. And it's just to, that's the toxic that nature of a toxic working environment, isn't it? It's pants. We don't want it. But it doesn't always mean you have to leave. There are other things you can do which are in your power. But in so in this case, she didn't leave immediately. So she was doing her best. I mean, this is somebody who, who has a very upbeat nature is, is very caring and was managing to do a, continue to be really professional and do a really good job despite all of the stress around her um, so one of those people who just keeps going you know doesn't let people down um, and these kind of people us we're the kind of people who, who keep things together for other people really valuable people who tend to be undervalued, underappreciated, um, just taken for granted because we're very good at making it look like we're okay because we kind of are okay, right? It's just that we wanted more than just being okay, just getting through. It's just, it's not enough. Not when you can have fun as well, right? And feel really well and not have work-life leakage. So you do a good job at work and then you go home this is whether it's your own business or you're employed. And then you have space and time for you and to get stuff done and to, you know, have time on your own, time with those you love, fun, whatever it is. All the things, all the things that we keep sacrificing, we keep postponing in order to maintain the successful life we've worked really hard for. That stuff. Remember that stuff? Yeah. So back to the client. So. The first thing was, or not, this wouldn't have been the first thing, but the next step was she recognised how grumpy and stressed she was. So it's that it's that interaction with other people, isn't it? That letting down of close friends or your partner when you're like, yeah, 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 we'll do that at the weekend. And then just like not really being in any state to do that. Um, yeah, just not having the energy, not having the patience, not having the enthusiasm, just not being yourself. It's that losing touch with that part of yourself that it's really easy to go, yeah, yeah, let's go do that. That'll be fine. That'll be nice. Thanks. It's just losing that. It's such an essential part of who we are, isn't it? Um, and of course, this recognition that you're becoming, you're losing that part of yourself that actually you don't like the snappy, grumpy version of you, but and you want to do something about it. The problem is that adds to the pressure. Because then there's guilt and shame and judgment of, of yourself. It doesn't tend to come from other people as much as we think. It, the biggest pressure, I believe, comes from ourselves, which is, on, on the one hand, really sad. But on the other hand, brilliant, because we can do something about that. We've got you for that. We can sort that out. So I'm just going to read the next thing, another thing that she says. So 
I was nervous about small things I'd never have been bothered about before, like social situations, and work was causing me anxiety that impacted on everything. I used to think, why can others do this, but I can't? I felt trapped and wasn't happy, but there was no other way, no way to get out of the situation. Do you know that one? That's horrible. I remember that so much. So horrible. The effects. This is, we're talking about the effects now. It's really interesting, isn't it? That sudden, not sudden, it's creeping. It's a creeping nervousness and anxiety about things that before just would have been normal, like social situations. And I guess that's what I'm talking about with that kind of my, my skin feeling inflamed. It's like, it's just too much. There's too much, too many expectations, too much movement, movement, too much movement, too much noise. It's, a lot of it is the, I think I just, well, I needed to go and crawl into a cave, but also it's like, there's too many expectations. It's like, when I'd lost contact with the part of myself that found it easy to be sociable. Now, I know I'm an introvert, but not everyone I work with is an introvert. So it's not. And even, you know, as introverts, we like other people. It's just, you know, like I love other people. I love being sociable. It's just I don't need to do it very much. <laughs> That's all. I'm just not bothered. It's like, no, thanks. I'm at home. I like being at home. I love if I love being at home. Oh, my God. I love being at home. So, so delicious. Anyway, but it's that, isn't it? It's that. So you would have been able to do that and suddenly it's like really hard and you're really nervous and you're getting anxious and then you're worried about, for me, is like a performance anxiety over, did I say the right thing? Was I talking about work too much? Oh, a big thing for me was, oh my God, I was like really serious and I've just offloaded. Or my sense of humour got, not harsh, but just a bit, I don't know just not me, just not me. So yeah, that inability that suddenly like work seems to be, it is the work-life leakage. That's what I call it. I know that's a made up word, but I like it. I did a whole course for a marketing company about this, work-life leakage. Um, yeah, I'm wondering whether I should do, I am thinking, oh, should I make another course? I get too excited. Maybe. Let me know if you'd like if you'd be interested in doing some work on work-life leakage with me, just as like a separate mini thing. Sometimes people just want short mini things. Anyway, um, let me know. So, yeah, it's that. And it's that interesting that it's despite everything she was doing. And that's what's really sad, isn't it? That's when it becomes um, that feeling of being trapped and this comparison to others. Why can others do this, but I can't? Now, one of the things we start to do is assuming that everyone else is okay, but they're looking at you and assuming you're okay. And this, I found this really interesting is that you are the woman you compare yourself to. So when you look at her and you think she copes really well, other people are looking at you and thinking that you cope really well, but you're probably unaware of it. Um, how do I know this? It's a good question. Oh, because people said it to me and people didn't realise how stressed I was. Even when I was like, you know, volcano stressed, which is quite interesting. I mean, that's it's quite cool. It's professionalism, isn't it? It's like, and also it's embarrassing. I don't really, I don't really wish to, you know, volcano my stress out in public. It's just not me. Um, anyway, next bit. I tried the usual things, running, exercise, mindfulness, but hadn't yet accepted that I come first and that how I am matters. I felt that letting others down 
concerned me more than how I felt. Now, this is really interesting. So in this bit, she's really reflecting on the changes that have happened. So um, the very first thing you do when you join Get Your Life Back, the first thing that is to make that commitment to go. I mean, if you're going to do anything, like if you're going to do coaching with me, if you're going to do a course with me, um, if you're going to do any of the free stuff I, I give you, you're only going to get out what you put in. So the very first thing in Get Your Life Back is to commit yourself first. And that might sound like, oh, my God, but we, it's not. It's a practice. It's not a perfection. It's just like, oh, so you do it and then you go, oh, that feels weird and selfish. I don't like it. And that's information. It's all just getting in feedback back. So we just play with it. We play with the morning promise, committing to yourself first and see what comes back. And whatever comes back is useful information, right? And then you can do something with that. Maybe there's something you need to messy journal out. Maybe something you need coaching on. Maybe um, there's some fear that you just don't want anymore. It's like, oh, man, that's a really weird way of looking at things. I I just, why am I so worried about other people when I need to look after myself? You know, it's it's a process and it's it's ongoing. So the commitment to yourself first, I've been doing for years and and it's now, even now, not it's now, even now I could tell you, I'm trying to think now, what, what's going on for me this week? Oh no, I know what's going on for me this week. So each time you do the morning promise, something's going to come up. So if it's a resistant thing, it's like, um, that's going to tell you something you need to let go of or commit more fully to, depending on what your investigation or you might decide to do nothing with it. You might just quite often too busy, just going to notice it, notice it, notice it. And then if it keeps coming back, it's like, oh, OK, let's let's see if we can do something useful with this, like release it or investigate it or commit more to it. So this week, um, I'm one of the things I'm committing to is understanding um, even more clearly the power of my work. So what happens? So I've already, I mean, you know, I, I do this all the time, um, but I just decided I'm going to do it even more so that um, so that I'm celebrating myself, actually. I'm celebrating the people I work with, but I'm also celebrating myself. And this came about, well, it's come about for lots of reasons, but one of the things was um, at the last coaching session the monthly coaching sessions inside get your life back um we we're just having a bit of a celebration and it was just i asked everyone to you know bring something along that they had noticed a change for them that they wanted to celebrate and it oh my god it's just amazing absolutely i find it astonishing and that got me thinking right so i need to um gather that all together and celebrate what i've created and the, the women i work with and myself as a coach so that's one of the things i'm committing to and at this at this time that's coming up in the morning promise to me and i noticed resistance of course there's resistance because we're not taught to celebrate ourselves and even though that's something i teach that doesn't mean i don't have resistance to it um you know, there's always something more to learn. It's an adventure. It's all an adventure. Oh, what comes up today? Sometimes it's annoying, but mostly it's just I really like that um, saying there's nothing to fear except fear itself. And sometimes that doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, but fear is horrible. It's paralyzing and I can't do anything. And at the moment I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got it because I've been really looking at some deeper fears I hold about, you know, um, because I'm doing some really exciting up-leveling on my life and my business at the moment, that means fears are going to come up. It's just, that's, 
the way things are. And rather than going, oh my God, this is horrible, um, which then gets me into the whole, what, what I'm naming personal development hell, and what I'm really, I'm going to bring bring you more episodes on personal development health, health because I'm sure you're recognising yourself, that feeling that you are constantly having to do hard work on yourself. There's so much inner work to do, so much personal growth. If only I was better at this. It's just a horrible place to be. And I really feel that the whole personal development industry needs turning upside down, which is what I do with thee. But you're already perfect. <laughs> you're perfect and a work in progress. And the work in progress is letting go of the idea of something wrong with you, whereas self-development hell is when we get stuck in the um, belief that when we are better at something then we will be better everything will be better like it rides on us if only we could remember to do this if only if only if I was what if no dump that anyway the reason I'm excited about that term is I didn't really I wasn't really naming it and then I did one of my free um, spring breakthrough the overwhelm sessions and somebody mentioned it I was like oh yes she named it. So thank you very much to that person who I know listens to this podcast. Hope you're having a lovely day, an unexpectedly lovely day. Um, God, I love doing those breakthrough calls. Did you book one? If you didn't, why not? They're free. Um, I think the link's closed now. You can check to see. You have to go back a few um, episodes to find the link, I think, because um, I think spring's like nearly over. Anyway, back to the story where were we okay so she tried the usual things and i find this really really interesting um it's very common to try running or some form of exercise and mindfulness mindfulness or meditation because we are told that these things are good for us which they are or they can be more on that in a moment and um we're told that they relieve stress so i did all of those <laughs> running i did i did everything hilarious anyway so the problem with mindfulness is that mindfulness done in the western way just makes you more aware of how crap you feel yeah it's just like whereas if it's done in the original way mindfulness is um neutral noticing it's noticing without judgment it's noticing um it's staying in the moment, just being aware of, of how you're feeling and then having compassion um, and just noticing without judgment, this non-judgmental awareness. So obviously I use neutral noticing and I hadn't really thought, I didn't set out to develop a mindfulness or self-awareness practice. Neutral noticing came out of my practice and got labelled neutral noticing, which is quite interesting, isn't it? It's like cosmic download. Woo, I love it. Anyway, so yes, I remember, and you may have heard me mention this before, upping my practice of mindfulness. It just made me feel terrible. It's like, oh, I do not want to be here. I hate my job. I feel rubbish. I feel like everything's wrong with me. Oh, why can't I make my life work? I've worked really hard. Oh, what's wrong with me? Why is everyone else okay? That's not mindfulness. That's not helpful. No, drop that rubbish. Just notice completely neutrally how you are. But that's not what we're doing at the moment. So she tried mindfulness. Wasn't I don't know if it had. I don't know what effect it had. I haven't asked that question. She's just stated that she tried the usual things. But because she hadn't accepted that she needed to commit to herself first, 
which is what you do. So this is after she's completed the initial part of Get Your Life Back. Things have changed for her. So she was more concerned about letting other people's other people down than looking after herself. Recognise that, anyone? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that fear of disappointing others is actually about ourselves. Because if you follow it, it's if I let them down, then am I going to be left alone and rejected? It's a fear of being abandoned or it's a fear of just not being able to handle somebody else's disappointment. That would be like the, the lighter version of it. But if you follow it, you'll realise, you know, because most of our fears are very, very old primal fears. So it's just your nervous system keeping you safe. But for those of us who have learned, who have grown up to learn that it's best to keep other people happy in order to be safe or in order to have any chance of peace of mind and happiness for ourselves, it feels very dangerous to put ourselves first. It feels it can feel really, really difficult to give up that need to keep everyone else happy first. Of course it can. Of course. And that's okay. It's not okay to be stuck in it. You don't want to stay there, but it's okay to recognise it and go, well, of course I feel like that. Have some self-compassion. All of your fears are there to keep you safe. There's nothing wrong with your fears. It's just we don't want to live in the fear. Like, we don't need to. It's There's there's much more, so much joy available for you when you see what's going on for you and you learn the skills to navigate in a better way. And that's all we're talking about. <laughs> it sounds so simple. It can't. It, simple, but not always easy. I love that phrase. Okay, where were we? Oh, I wanted to mention running. Running is really interesting. So running can be really good for you. Some people find it really meditative. If you run, or if you're feeling like I ought to run, beware, <laughs> because I was involved in the running world for quite a while. And I, if I look back, I think. All of the long term marathon runners, the ones who like regularly ran marathons, looked older. And in I know in Chinese medicine, so my acupuncturist used to say that there's some old saying about running marathons and how it ages you, which is really, really interesting. That's not to say never do a marathon. It's just to say. When we when we push ourselves too hard, when we it's how we're running, isn't it? It's how we're running. You know, it's like. Is it nourishing? Is it meditative? So one of the really interesting things for me, because when I used to run, I used to find it really addictive. And like the amount of conversations you can have about your runs, it's, it's so boring for everyone around us. I don't I don't run now. Um, only spontaneous, rebellious running, not like I'm going for a run because that's just not my it's not my bag. It's not what I like doing for fun or for exercise or for any reason apart from spontaneous running or skipping. I do quite like spontaneous skipping. So much fun. So childish. So silly. Happens to me mostly by accident just because I get this kind of natural exuberance, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> anyway, running. Really, really interesting one. So everybody says, oh, running, really, really good for you. People use it to to get rid of stress. Now, this is really interesting. 
when you're running and it could be different each time but it's really worth being aware of so i know people who use it to run out stress it's like you get home and then you just run away from your stress it's like can i run fast enough and hard enough to get rid of the stress from my body or you can run into um peace and ease can you see so you can be trying to outrun get rid of or you can just run into ease you can run from work i don't mean physically well you might want to um so that that boundary between work and life is really worth cultivating in a really nourishing way but we can have really good physical boundaries between work and home um even when we work at home but emotionally we're taking the work with us and it's really interesting people who run after work sometimes they need to run quite hard to get like get the stress out so it's just worth thinking about how you're running because it's not the running it's the how you're running are you running in a way that is taking care of your body that feels really good or are you injuring yourself exhausting yourself overrunning and using it to push away rather than running into delight the delicious evening ahead of me Ta-da! so yeah considering how you're running is really can be really exciting because because it's then you get more joy from it anyway and you look after yourself better so anyway just wanted to mention the running um oh so we've gone through how she was feeling completely overwhelmed more and more piled on top recognizing that recognizing the effects it was having on herself and the people around her but that added to the pressure um and then the effects of it seeing the effects on normal things that were easy before becoming difficult and not knowing what to do about it and comparing herself to others so can you see how it compounds is is this resonating with you then trying things but the way she was doing it didn't solve the problem because she wasn't putting herself first she wasn't committing to herself first um and she was still like many of us are concerned about letting people other people down this is not about advocating letting other people down obviously obviously not that would never we would never deliberately let other people down but it is about looking after yourself first so that you can live your best way which uplifts and inspires everyone around you anyway and it actually makes it easier for those close to you because they're like they don't have to worry about you anymore because you are looking at they trust you to look after yourself so nice when the people around you um look after themselves because you just don't have that "Mm, should i go and check on them i wonder if they're eating properly i wonder if they're tired i wonder if they're grumpy it's just nicer right if we all look after ourselves and then look after each other so then the next thing that happened after trying things and just not getting anywhere and feeling stuck it's horrible 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 horrible. never feel stuck book a call i'm absolutely serious like even if right even if you don't want to work with me but if you're resonating what i say book a call like it's a discovery call it's for us to discover i love listening that's i'm a coach i love listening to you like look look what happens i pick up your words and make them into things like self-development hell it's like oh book a call talk to me or you get my free stuff listen to all my podcasts 
look after yourself, please. The world needs you to be happy and at ease and love yourself very much. Right. Anyway, where are we? So the next thing that happened was the emails you sent actually described how I felt. I never realised how many other people felt the same way. I thought it was just me. So the next step was she felt seen and not alone. And that's what this episode is about. I hope that this episode that goes from my heart to yours, this is a gift for you. Feel seen. Feel heard. Feel understood. You are not alone. And there is your life is waiting for you on the other side of the overwhelming stress. I promise you it's there. It's all good. Don't worry. So what does she see next? It works so well for me because Heidi did it herself first and she's been through it. So that's another part of that, isn't it? So um, I don't know about you, but obviously I'm a coach. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of coaching. Um, but if you were looking for a coach, what I would say is, and I strongly recommend that you consider looking for a coach because coaching's awesome. Honestly, just, just, I'll probably need to do a whole episode on that. But anyway, if you're going to look for a coach, I've made a lot of mistakes over hiring coaches, mentors, you know, the rest of it, which is great for you because I just get rid of all of that for you. This is how I would go about getting a coach. And this is how I managed to eventually find my current coach, which has taken me quite a long time because, yeah, I just I was just like, oh, so many people happy to take you on who aren't really for you you know and I don't like that that's not for me that's not how I am some people are okay with that people work on different levels for different reasons also and there's different kinds of coaching there's business coaching there's personal coaching I do personal coaching and then uh, several of the people I work with have businesses and how they are will affect their business but it's I'm not directly coaching them just for their business I'm, I'm helping them be their next level self so that they can increase their business, which is great fun. I love that because obviously I have a business, but I also work with people who are employed and want to work. So it's it's, it's the link between work and, and personal life, which is so strong for us, right? We want to do good, fulfilling work in the world and we want to get paid well, but we don't want to screw up the rest of our life for it. So I would advise if you're going to look for a coach, you find one who really suits you. Like, just take your time. Book all the discovery calls. I've done so many discovery calls with other people and I stopped doing them because they were horrible, actually. It was like, it felt like something had been taken from me. I didn't like it. And I felt that horrible, oh, well, I don't want what there's, I felt sold to and rather than having the space held for me to discover whether coaching is even a thing for me like obviously as a coach it is a thing for me but coaching with this person for this particular aspect because I you know I don't want coaching for every aspect of my life so yeah like it's worth if you're going to invest in coaching which I strongly recommend because it is so transformative that's why the the coaching industry is expanding but find somebody who you just have that deep connection with, somebody you trust and like and works with integrity and love. That's what I would say to you. But seriously consider it because it is so amazing. Um, 
Anyway, where was I? So yes, it works so well for me because Heidi herself has been through it. So I work with people who are like me and are coming from where I was. So I'm an expert in that because I've chosen to. I didn't have to. I could have done coaching for other things. I was already coaching before that. It's not this is this is my business now. Right. I've done coaching for other things previously. But what I do now is very, very specialised for people who are where I was and um, want to create a life that works for them. So I've created a life that works for me and continue to do so because it's an adventure, right? We just we just keep expanding. We keep getting more excited about life and wanting more health, more joy, more connection, more love, more money, all of it. Why not? Life is for living, not getting through. Right, where are we now? So the next thing she says is, so then she joined Get Your Life Back. Now, to join Get Your Life Back, I am changing it, actually, because I've realised every single person who's joined it, I have hand-selected anyway, um, and I'm only going to do it through discovery calls full, full stop now. I don't know why I didn't realise that before. Well, because it's all a practice. Anyway, so this means that if at any point you might want to join Get Your Life Back, you're going to have a chat with me anyway. So you might as well have a chat early because because <laughs> it's easier. Then you know what you're doing and you can plan and think, oh, yeah, I need to save up or I need to put that money aside for it. Or, you know, or you might want to discuss coaching with me, but not want to do it yet. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be like this immediate. There's no rush. That, I mean, there's a rush in the fact that get your life back opens and closes because it has to because I take a group through personally. But. Um, it doesn't have to be a rush because the doors aren't open right now. So if you talk to me now, that would be a good thing to do. So anyway, she booked a call with me. We had a chat and um, yeah, she joined Get Your Life Back. Woohoo. So exciting. So then she did the first module, which is called the map module, because I've set it up. I'm sure I've said this before. I'm so excited about Get Your Life Back which I'm sure needs to be called something else, but everybody loves the name. So there you go. The first module is called Map because it's like an adventure outward bound game. So you first locate yourself on the map and the map module is quite muddy, as in you're getting down the trenches and you're going, oh, this is where I am and I don't like it. And um, that's good because you never want to go back there again and you never have to. Because once you can see, oh, this is how I ended up feeling like I have no choice and I have to go and work in a place where I feel utterly drained and miserable. Ah, well, I never want that again. OK, you get to never have that again. But first of all, you have to recognise what that never I never want again looks like. And that's what we do in the map module. Locate yourself on a map. And we do it in terms of are you stuck in a tunnel, hunkering down in a cave or going round in circles? Oh, so much fun. Anyway, so the next thing she says is discovering the tunnel, circles and caves was a big thing. Giving names to behaviour uncovered things I just didn't know. It was completely illuminating. And as another person inside Get Your Life Back is fond of saying, what is once seen cannot be unseen, which is very much linked to the Zen thing of, you know, once you can see the nature of reality, you can't unsee that. And it's so useful. You know, once you just look and go, ah, so I thought I was completely stuck in a tunnel. 
but actually I'm not stuck. And that's that's the thing is once you can see, you're like, well, now I now I can see all of the other possibilities. I didn't have to go through the tunnel. <laughs> I could have just like sometimes I describe it like, um, you know, you, you can go through a really dark tree tunnel. And as you go through the dark tree tunnel, the oh, eventually you're going to come out. And it's going to be lighter. But I see it as instead of you having to go through the tunnel to get to the lightness, you think you're in this dark, um, damp, dank bleh, tunnel, but you're not. And if you look up and you start to become aware of your surroundings, the, the tunnel opens up as if it was a tree tunnel. And the trees were like parting their branches and going, look, have some sunshine. We love you. That's what it's like being inside. Get your life back. Because. Once you see what's going on for you, you see what you don't want and then you can move towards what you do want. And it's so powerful. And then you just go, right, I never want to be in a tunnel again. And any time you feel like, oh, I think I'm heading for a tunnel. I think I've been in a tunnel. It's like, well, you're not going to stay there because you have the skills to get out of them. So. What did she say next? She said, the audio, the audios really help, in particular, the ones where you go into the body and you really, really notice how you're feeling. You're going to your feet. And that really, really helped me. Now, what I really like about this is that um, I love getting feedback on the resources inside Get Your Life Back or, or obviously one to one clients get um, bespoke audios or, or whatever I've got ready for them. And I love the feedback because it's really, really fascinating to me. Um, that some people really link into the body. I, I'm very much like that. Some people um, really like the attention one. Some people like the like um, future self audio, like imagining like, your perfect self or just like we have a liquid kindness audio. Like, everybody has their like different favorite way in. And I love that because it makes it bespoke. It makes it about you, but you're still you're still using, you're still getting all of the stuff and then you just like, but not overwhelmed with it, obviously, because the whole thing's designed to lift the overwhelm, obviously. It's tiny, tiny things which are really powerful. But I love hearing. So for this person, it's like, yeah, it's the body getting, getting into the body is really, really helpful, really nourishing. Um, yeah. So I find that. Yeah, I really love that. The whole some people really, really benefit from that going to the feet that you get at the beginning of the one minute mark. Really, really interesting. I love it. I find it really grounding to because a lot of people say just just um, go to your heart. But for me, there's something and it's a very much a Zen thing. This being very grounded and rooted in the earth first and then go to the heart. And I, I, that's really important to me. It's really special to me. And I love that. I love that she loves this. Um and then it says the work we did on attention, on how to control your attention, made me realise that I actually pay more attention to myself now than I thought I did. And that's changed me. So there's that continual reflection on, oh, yeah, 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 I didn't used to pay attention to myself. And now I am. And it's seeing that progress. But can you also see that with without. So this this is a reflection that's come out from um, me asking her to reflect and this is why it's so important to continue to ask ourselves questions and it's the benefit of um, coaching and you know in get your life back there's nine months of group coaching afterwards because it's just it that works that continual embedding and reflection is so powerful and also when you hear other people reflecting and saying things so powerful 
because if we don't do that what happens is we adjust really really easily so it's like that just becomes the norm which it should do like it should be normal to wake up on a Saturday morning and feel well like it should be normal to rarely be feeling snappy to mostly be able to pause and not react that should be normal it should be normal to feel well to be able to put yourself first to have healthy boundaries to be deeply connected to your ability to laugh easily and have fun it should be normal to be able to have fulfilling work and then let go of work and enjoy the rest of your life like that should be normal we should get used to that we should expect that however the ability to reflect and see ah that's because i'm controlling my attention therefore i'm going to keep doing that and it's not difficult because once you've got the skills embedded you just keep doing them and if you fall off the wagon which of course you're going to because we're human and we don't do perfectionism around here you just get back on it and because these skills are easily embedded with commitment and support Sport really helps. You can do it on your own. You can get the one minute mark. You get to decide. But doing it together and having that accountability, you just stay with it. Why would you not? It makes you happy, it makes you feel well, it makes you less snappy and grumpy. It makes you able to have what you want, which is fulfilling work that pays well and a life, a real proper life. You remember that life you wanted when you were working hard at school or you set up your business or you went for that promotion? Remember what you were after? That life, the one you intended to live. Um, where were we? Ah, oh, I noticed how I feel and I've dropped the judgment. Oh man, dropping the judgment's huge. Like catch yourself judging yourself. Notice this layer of pressure you're adding and just, well, you, I'm going to say just let it go. It's not very easy to let it go, is it? No, because then what happens is you judge the judging and then you judge the judging of the judging and we can get layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Just notice it. Don't try and change anything. Just notice it. Just make it as easy as possible. Just notice, notice how you feel, notice the judgment, notice the shoulding and the oughts, just notice. It's okay, it happens, we all get it, just notice it. It's powerful just to notice, I promise you it's worth just noticing. I stopped judging myself and this allows me to just notice discomfort. And this is a good thing because it means that then I move my body. So she's obviously focused on the body still rather than just ignoring it. And that small thing in itself is helping me gradually to move in the direction of things I really want just from noticing small things in the body and then bigger things. Now, this is really interesting. You would think that in order to get the life that you want is going to take a lot of work, right? You're going to have to sort yourself out, control your stress, get more organised, maybe apply for another job, maybe make your business work better, you know, get rid of the work stress, right? It feels big. It feels like a big project, overwhelming. If only I could get there and then I would feel better and then I would feel less overwhelmed. But no, if we don't have to do all of that work, we can do it the other way around. So for this person, the neutrally noticing tiny discomfort during the working day of her body and then allowing herself to move. And we're talking tiny movements, like literally, I think at one point she was doing some sort of fidget between seeing clients. You know, just like some movement, just like releasing the tension because it's easy to get stuck in one position, right? 
just doing that, just noticing the discomfort, allowing her body to move, that gradual practice and expectation that she could do that, that she could pay attention to herself, gradually helped her to to make bigger changes. So we just were always looking at the smallest thing we can do, tiny, huge practices. Noticing how you feel, just noticing neutrally is the first step. Then you might want to do something about it, but something small under the radar, gently rebelling. And then other stuff will just happen. Like you don't need to make it all big. It's too hard. Make it easy. Big plans can be tricky, right? You're already overwhelmed. Don't really need a big plan. There's a Zen saying that my teacher, Dai Zen, said to me at a time when I was going through a period of like, what do I do next? I think I must have just like have set my business up and I was like, and he just said, sometimes it's just like a cat walking over an icy lake and they just put one paw out in front of the other and feel around. I'm doing the I'm doing the cat movement and you can't see me. It's so funny. That was a lot on podcasts. Right, so <laughs> I'm doing it again. Just one pour at a time on the ice, finding the next step and then the next step and then the next step. We don't have to plan everything out. That doesn't mean sometimes we don't want to. That doesn't mean I mean inside to get your life back. We have a whole module called plan. So we're planning our adventure. But It's not about structuring everything and knowing and having certainty. It's about being able to cope with the now. It's being able to weather the storms, stretch into an adventure, enjoy the journey, even though that sounds like a terrible cliche. Don't you want to enjoy the journey? Because there isn't a destination. We think there is. It's a mind trick. We think there's a destination that when we get there, everything will be better. And While it's true that some of the things that we want do feel better, like I love my house. I'm glad I have my dogs. I had to wait for them to be born. You know, there are things, future things that we can plan that bring us joy. But if in the meantime, life is rubbish and really pressured and stressful and we keep doing that, that's how we choose to get those things. Then when we get to the place where we have those things, we're still stuck in that stress. We're still stuck in the overwhelm. It's difficult to get rid of it. Like you wait for the puppy, the puppy comes. That doesn't make all of the stress and overwhelm go. It's not going to, it's a puppy. It's going to add to it, right? You you finally move house. Well, that's really stressful. That's That's like a ton of overwhelm. So it's the how, it's the how we get there, it's the how we move through life, it's the how we move through our day, it's the how we treat ourselves and each other. How you are in the world matters, you matter, change the how, goes back to the running, how you run matters, it goes back to the listening to the body, how you listen to the body matters, without judgment, allowing a slight movement or not, neutrally noticing, having compassion, self-compassion, self-love prioritizing the things that actually matter, questioning when that's not happening. You know, is this the life you wanted? No. Well, then notice that. Allowing for that, allowing space for that acknowledgement with compassion. What happened next to this client, Heidi? You want to know the end of the story, right? Well, she dropped some of her hours 
because that's what she felt would be helpful. And that worked really well for her. She focused on herself. She just, yeah, regained her health, felt really good. And then magically got offered some the same work, but in, a, in another place and was able to negotiate a route um, from one place to the next that worked for her. And what was really, really cool was that because her non-negotiables were so strong, which is one of the things we had worked on, not just boundaries, but non-negotiables. These are the things that I will not negotiate on. And she was those were so strong for her and it was also very easy for her. So she didn't have to be feisty. This is what we mean by gently rebelling. So if you rebel in a really feisty way, it costs you energy. Um, but when we are able to say gently and firmly, no, that's not for me or no, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable to me or no, that's just not good enough or no, I, I need this or, you know, just that very gentle but firm no or no thank you is really really interesting it's very very powerful particularly when it comes from a place of um, self-love and self-acceptance and also interestingly when you place the attention in the feet so when you root the attention in the body you you have a different energy around you a different presence and from there this kind of very secure grounded place able to say no this is what I need is really, really powerful. And she negotiated. I was just amazed at, you know, the working conditions she negotiated. I was just so delighted for her and so proud of her. And also it was the way she did it. It was, it literally was non-negotiable and she wasn't feisty about it or like fighty about it. It just, this is just how it was. This is just how I am now. This is who I am. This is how I'm, how I work. This is how I am in the world. It was just natural. And that, woohoo, that is my story today of somebody choosing to gently and successfully rebel from a life that wasn't working for her, that was crushing her and was Stealing that part of herself or that connection to that part of herself that that was really her, you know, that lovely, lovely person who enjoys life and has weekends that are weekends and not full of coping with work, patching yourself up for the, the week after, recovering. Yeah. So I really wanted to share that today. I hope that that has inspired you. I hope that's made you think, oh, it is possible for me. I am right to be annoyed about how things are I don't have to push through periods of overwhelm I can do things differently because that's what Heidi's doing over at the gentle rebellion inside get your life back and I'm also doing it with my one-to-one clients obviously and more because oh life has so much more to offer us so whether you want to do this with me or just listening to the podcast and do it yourself or you want to go and find somebody else, whatever, do it. Commit to yourself first. Have the life that you long for. Just gently but firmly rebel because you can and why not? If you want to book a discovery call with me, go to www.heidimark.co.uk and check out um, my work with me page. You can book a call from there or click the link underneath this episode. I'd love to chat to you. 
All right, have a wonderful, wonderful week and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If this resonates with you, please use the like, subscribe and share buttons to help other people find their way here too. And please do go to www.heidimark.co.uk forward slash the one minute mark with an E to join my mailing list and receive my free one minute life changing audio practice.